Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, and welcome to Episode 4. Are you struggling with forgiveness after the death of your child? Well, that's exactly what we're discussing in this first series of our podcast. And this week, we're going to specifically address forgiving our child for leaving us. This is a very loaded topic. And the interesting thing is that some parents know they're struggling with it, but there are those I've met who don't realize it until the possibility is brought to their attention. My prayer is that by the end of our discussion, you'll be walking in a new level of peace in this specific area. Like I said, maybe this is a new thought for you. Maybe you've had this anger inside of you and you didn't know where it was coming from. Not everyone has unforgiveness against their child, but many who do have a hard time admitting it because it sounds so awful and horrifying. But now you can be relieved to know that you're not the only one who's felt this way. Beyond the guilt that we may have at being angry at our child, one of the toughest problems with forgiving them is that obviously they aren't here for us to walk through it with them. You might feel like they've gone on while you're stuck with a boatload of hurt, resentment, and bitterness. But this doesn't mean you can't get free from it because there are ways you can release yourself to have the peace that God intends for you. There can be so many reasons to be angry at our child. Maybe you didn't want them to, but he or she went into the military or a dangerous public servant career, which resulted in their death. Maybe it was a situation like texting and driving and they knew better. Maybe they were hanging out with friends you had banned them from and something happened with them that caused his or her death. In other words, something you had warned them about And they ignored your concern, and that ended up being the cause of their death. And now you are angry at your child for it. You may have been blamed for poor parenting because of the way your child died. This is because of ignorance, fear, and misunderstanding. It's a form of prejudice or prejudging, which means to form an opinion without complete knowledge or facts. And it may be those around you or you're blaming yourself for your poor parenting in your own mind. Either way, it heaps on guilt for not keeping your child from doing what they did, and it adds to the anger and the struggle to forgive your child for their actions. As a parent in the suffocating darkness of grief, it's hard to see that your child's behavior or decisions have almost nothing to do with you. They were their own person, You did what you could to help them or to keep them from harming themselves. Their choice was not a reflection of your love for them. If you lost your child to something like suicide or an overdose, you're probably being hit with the added layer of stigma or the disgrace of false assumptions, bias, religious judgments, and prejudice about suicide. Whether consciously 
or subconsciously. We may have learned to think of suicidal people or those who are addicted to drugs as weak and shameful, sinful, selfish, or that they want to harm others. And these things are usually just not true. I am going to spend the next few minutes on the subject of self-inflected death, like suicide and overdose, since unfortunately, so many of you are dealing with this, and I am so sorry if you are. Suicide is an act that is often completed out of total despair, usually based in mental illness, such as depression or other mental disorders. I've heard that mental disorders are present in about 90% of suicide cases. The brain is a part of our physical body, just like any other organ. Mentally distressed people should be able to get treatment without the stigma that something is disgracefully wrong with them. Because blaming someone, uh, that kind of a stigma, that kind of a thought process, it makes about as much sense as blaming parents for children who have a condition like epilepsy or a heart defect. Mental challenges are part of the human condition, just like physical challenges are. The brain is an organ that can misfire or have a chemical unbalance. Addiction is based on the need to get through life. Now, it doesn't start out that way, but it becomes a prison that one eventually needs help to break free of. Suicide is attempted when the mental pain exceeds the capacity to bear that pain. That person truly believed there was no hope and they couldn't see their future. Drugs or suicide may have seemed like the answer to your child, but all it leaves is questions for those of us left behind. About one-third of suicides leave behind a note or a video goodbye. These are usually not complete answers, though, to the question why. It's just a verification that the person found life too difficult to go on. People who die by suicide or drug overdose don't necessarily want to end their life. They want to end their pain. We actually experienced that with Becca when she was in high school she took a bunch of pills. She had some Tylenol. She took all the Tylenol she could find, and she was on a migraine medication. She took all of that. Her younger sister walked in on her as she was taking the last of the pills and ran up to our room to come and get us. And we ended up taking her to the hospital, and she had her stomach pumped out and ended up going somewhere for a few days to get some help that she needed. And the thing was, what Becca said is that she didn't want to end her life. She just wanted to make the pain she was going through stop. And the thing is, they don't realize that what they're doing is shifting that pain to the survivors, especially the parents. Dave and I have these precious friends, Doug and BJ Jensen, and they lost their son to suicide and they now have a ministry called Love in Motion. They direct a signing choir. They do uh, sign language, and it's just a, a beautiful ministry. It's a beautiful thing to watch and very healing. And I want to share a quote from BJ because of being a parent of a child who died by suicide. And she says, 
Suicide is the only death which is self-inflicted, meaning it is the only death by choice. As parents who have spent a lifetime shielding, providing for, teaching, and encouraging our child, it is the ultimate crushing blow, and we're plagued by the endless questions of why. Why could he not find happiness? Why could she not escape the depression? Why couldn't we help him? Why didn't we see this coming? For the most part, answers to why are unanswerable in this life. Pursuing the why results in disappointment and frustration, and answers are not satisfying. Most importantly, knowing why does not change the outcome of our children's choices nor bring them back. Remember, we did the best we could to raise our children. They did the best they could to fight their demons. We all did the best we could with the knowledge we had to work with at the time. Peace comes with accepting those facts. There are people around us who may ask, how could you not know this was going to happen? Well, because we just didn't know. It's not possible to know another person's deepest pain or their plans to die by suicide if they choose not to tell you. A tough question for me was, do you blame yourself? Well, of course I blamed myself. I blamed myself at first. After all, isn't it the parent's role to protect their children? But we realized that blaming self or each other was simply trying to find a scapegoat and bring reason in a senseless tragedy. It only brought on deep feelings of guilt. Blaming and guilt would only drive Doug and I apart, and it would keep us stuck from healing and not bring our son back. BJ says she felt uncomfortable when people asked her how her son died because she could tell when she told them he died by suicide they would be very uncomfortable on the outside and probably judgmental on the inside and they would be at a complete loss as how to respond. So BJ decided for herself that she needed to say the word suicide out loud repeatedly every day until that word no longer held power over her and her own thinking when she was by herself. And so I was thinking, since that was something that really helped BJ, that maybe it could help you too. And so I want to do this right now as a way to help you. If you're alone, say it out loud with me right now seven times. Okay, we're going to say the word suicide seven times. Here we go. Suicide, 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 suicide. Do this every day until it works, until it does not have a grip on you. No matter how your child died, there are things you can do to release yourself from the anger and unforgiveness of what he or she did that caused their own death. For instance, do something that honors their life. Consider donating your time or your skills or your finances toward a cause that your child liked or a nonprofit bereavement organization in your child's name. You could donate toward a memorial fundraiser or even build a memorial of your own in your yard. Donate a bench in a park in the name of your child or have a tree planted with a plaque in their memory. Start a fun run to raise money for research, or like our friends Dee and Dave, to provide AEDs. They're, those are the defibrillators for public places, and they provide paramedic bikes in our area. 
Maybe you could support a walk for suicide awareness and prevention. Whatever you are led to do, it will be a wonderful tribute to your son or daughter. And doing something good like this will help you to forgive them as you reach out to help others. Reminding ourselves that this is not a permanent separation because of what Jesus did for us is also helpful. God didn't do this to you or your child. We have an enemy who is out to destroy all of us, but he can't because God has the final word. So ask him to help you stop being obsessed about the tragic moment your child died on the battlefield of life here on this earth and instead focus on the happy years your child lived on the playing field. He will help you with this, but you have to be willing to not dwell on those dark thoughts when they come to you. You can have a playlist of music I have on YouTube. You could have one on Spotify, a channel on Pandora, wherever you like to listen to music. Have a playlist just set aside, and you can change that however you need to that will pull you out of that darkness and the spiraling dump. You could have a list of scriptures to read or a book that is uplifting. Go for a walk where you're distracted by the beauty and the tranquility and squirrels running around, whatever. Have a good cry first if you need to. And then do one of these things. You have to be determined to do your part in getting out of this pit of darkness and know that it is a process, a very long process. How about writing a letter to yourself as though it is your child writing to you? I have a question to help you with this and to think about releasing your unforgiveness. Did he or she do this on purpose to hurt you? I hope the answer to that question is quite obvious, no matter what the cause of their passing was. My next question is, does anything good or even remotely constructive come from being angry at your child for leaving you? I think the answer to this question is obvious as well. If you don't want to write a letter, then maybe you could go to a special place for the two of you. Talk out loud as though your child is there and can hear you and tell them how hurt and upset you are. Be honest about your anger and how you're having a hard time forgiving them. Then in your imagination, allow them to sincerely apologize to you. Imagine what your child would be saying to you and allow yourself to feel the fullness of how sorry he or she is for the pain they have caused you. And once you have released yourself and made the choice to forgive your child, walk away. Remind yourself that you have chosen to forgive your child. And realize it is not based on if you feel like forgiving them, but you're choosing to do so. So that you can begin to move toward good memories of your relationship instead of letting your anger and unforgiveness be what connects you to your child. If you wrote that letter, then tear up that letter. Destroy it. Get rid of it. I understand how the pain of loss can be twisted into raw anger. I understand how wrong it is for our child to leave this earth ahead of us. But let's be angry at the situation, not our son or daughter who's no longer with us. If you want to get to the place where you can move beyond death and be able to live again, 
you will have to let go of the anger and forgive your child for going on without you or what they did to cause their own death. It might be taking their own life on purpose or as an accident. There is power in our words. I say that every podcast so far, so much more than we seem to realize. And oftentimes, something we're thinking doesn't become a reality until we either hear it said or we speak the words out ourselves. So I want you to forgive your child out loud for dying, just like we've done the other weeks with all the other people that we're forgiving. It's okay, and you need to do this. It will probably be painful, but in going through the pain, you will be taking a step toward healing. And when I say healing, I I never mean that we're going to put all of this behind us and we're going to be all better. When I say healing, I'm talking about breaking through into hope and light and being able to live again a life of meaning and purpose. Our life is never going to look the same, but we still can live a life worth living. And so that's what I mean when I say healing. So these prayers that I give you, you can say it once, but you're probably going to have to say it over and over again. But you do need to say it out loud. And this prayer is just a very simple one sentence prayer. And you just say your child's name and then tell them, I forgive you for dying and leaving me here without you. Let's go ahead and say that. Say your child's name and then say, I forgive you for dying and leaving me here without you. You may have felt an immediate release. You may feel a deep stabbing in your heart. You may have said it with painful tears or you may have felt nothing at all. But I want to remind you that no matter how you felt, Forgiveness is not based on a feeling, just like the love and the care you gave your child was not always based on a feeling. You love him because he's your son. You love her because she is your daughter. And in the same way, you forgive him or her because they are your child. I have a friend of mine who lost her 22-year-old son, Josh, in a car accident about six months after we lost Becca. And she's someone who didn't realize she was angry at her son until reading my book, When Tragedy Strikes. What happened was she would tell her son, Josh, stop driving so fast, I don't want to lose you that way. And that is how he died, was in a single car crash from driving too fast for the conditions. There's something she wrote, and I just love it. And I, I pray that it blesses you because I'm, I'm going to read it to you right now. What she wrote, do we sacrifice the joy of having children to spare us the pain that occurs if we lose them either by death or rebellion? I think not. The joy we receive from our children outweighs any pain from the loss. I would take my 22 years with Josh over and over again with the same outcome if that was the only way I would have the honor of being his mother. Going through all this has spread a little light onto why our Father in Heaven would create this world and allow us to have our own free will. He knew we would rebel, and He knew the only way to save us from ourselves would be to sacrifice Himself on our behalf. He also knew the joy of creating us in His own image would outweigh that pain. 
The love we feel for our children, as all-consuming as it is, is only a speck of the love our God has for us. Try to imagine that. It's impossible to comprehend. Now, I realize some of you are not to that point where you could say the joy we receive from our children outweighs the pain from the loss. And you may even feel like I'll never feel that way. And that's okay. But I think it's definitely something to hope for, right? Staying angry at your child will keep you from being able to fully love them and get to a place of having warm memories of their life instead of stuck in the pain and darkness of their death. Because like I already said, if you are angry at your child for their death, for whatever reason it is, that's what's connecting you to them right now is your anger and your unforgiveness. And that's not what you want. As a parent left behind after the death of your child, you may think your own life is over as well. I know I felt that way. But what I have discovered and countless others have discovered is that our lives have really just taken on a whole new direction than we had planned. Yes, it's a different direction, but we can eventually get to the place where we can live again in a way that honors our child and not be stuck in the anger and the bitterness and the pain of their death. I would like to take a few minutes now and just pray over you. Father, I thank you that you are everything that we need. You are the light in our darkness. You are the hope in our hopelessness. And Lord, you want to walk with us. Lord, you are walking with us. Whether we feel you with us or not, you are with us. And we thank you for that. Lord, I thank you that the choice that our children made was not a reflection of their love for us. And Lord, I pray that every listener who is struggling with anger for their child and maybe struggling to forgive their child, Lord, that you would give them the strength and the help they need to release the anger and to walk in forgiveness. Lord, because that's something that we really don't have it in ourselves to do, but you can give us the strength. And Lord, give us the desire to even want your strength to help us through this. Because some of us, we're not even sure that we want to reach out to you right now. And Lord, I, I thank you that that doesn't stop you from reaching out. So Lord, I just pray that you would love on each of these listeners that you would help them to forgive. And Lord, as they go through the process of forgiveness, that they would have the freedom that they need to walk into a greater measure of healing within this grief. And Lord, I thank you so much that this is not permanent. This is not a permanent separation. And we will see our children again and we'll be with them forever because you love us so much and because of what Jesus did for us. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. It is time for our birthday segment. We have two that we are celebrating with their families this week. Jordan Slusher. His birthday is May 17th. And he is forever 21. 
And we also have Chris Rubin. He was born on May 19th, and he is forever 16. So both of these families, we join in celebration with you on the day that they came into your lives, and we rejoice with you that you will see them again. Don't miss out on the chance to have your son or daughter's birthday announced on the podcast. If you would like that, just go to www.gpshope.org birthdays. Fill out the form and submit it. I will also put a link to this in the show notes. Uh, I talked about Doug and BJ Jensen and their signing ministry, Love in Motion. They have this beautiful video. I've watched them do it in person, but they have it on YouTube. It's called A Healing Hallelujah. I would love for you to watch that. So go to the show notes and there will be a link for that. Also, I did mention, if you caught it, one of the suggestions I had was to build your child a memorial garden. I have seen some of these memorial gardens and walked in them. They're beautiful. And I would love to see a picture of your memorial garden. If you have something special for your child, or if you have done something like a a bench in a park or something like that, I'm going to have a feed on Facebook where you can post those pictures. I would love to see them. Uh, So our Facebook page, just go to Facebook and type in GPS Hope. And you'll find us and look for the thread if you need to put in the search bar Child's Memorial Garden and then post your picture in that thread. So just a reminder, remember to see a show note uh, for the links to seeing the Healing Hallelujah video. You can get the forgiveness prayers at the show notes. Let me know your child's birthday there on the show notes page. That page is gpshope.org slash podcast slash four. That's where you're going to find all this information. And I just want to say we're now on iTunes. Yay! We would love it if you would rate or review the podcast or wherever you listen to it, because the more people who rate it and review it, the more the podcast gets bumped up in the searches, and that just makes it easier for other grieving parents to find it. So thank you so much for doing that for us real quick. Next week, we're going to be talking about forgiving anyone who caused the death of your child, whether directly or indirectly. And I will be sharing the person that I have had to forgive. So I hope you can listen in. And if you know someone who might be interested in this topic, be sure to let them know about it and send them to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is Laura Deal closing out another week, reminding you to hold on pain eases. There is hope.